This is episode number 306 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hi, friends. It's Jesse. I want to officially invite you to my free live workshop called Beyond the Kegel happening on Thursday, October 12th. You are going to learn how to teach your clients three proven pelvic floor exercises for improved strength, performance, and reduced symptoms. So if you are a current or aspiring fitness or health professional working with clients of any kind, this is for you because I guarantee every single person you're working with has a pelvic floor. We are going to go through why you should stop over-prescribing Kegels as the gold standard for helping your clients get back to improved pelvic floor function, and instead what you can do to take a modern and effective approach to core and pelvic floor coaching. So you'll learn how to train or treat your fitness and pelvic health clients after birth, whether it's been weeks or decades in an evidence-based manner, You're going to get the clarity you've been searching for on how to help your clients reduce their core or pelvic floor symptoms that are causing them distress, fear, or body anxiety, including diastasis, prolapse, incontinence, low back and pelvic pain. And then we are going to go through live on the workshop, my top three must-do movements to teach every pregnant and postpartum client that you work with for very, very fast improvements in their pelvic health. And I'm going to teach you this from my 15 plus years of coaching experience, working with perinatal and pelvic health clients. Please join me at my free live workshop, Beyond the Kegel, happening on Thursday, October 12th. You can get your spot at the link in today's show notes. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. So today we're talking about, are Kegels bad for you? Which if you are scrolling through your social media feeds or reading some things on the internet, you might be very confused about this topic. And Anita and I just want to throw our two cents in the (laughs) ring. So you have maybe, hopefully, a clear understanding. And likely what you're going to get from Anita and I is just a very balanced, realistic view on kegels because we see it too this swinging side to side on each end of the spectrum are on if kegels are good if they are bad if they are harmful if they're the gold standard of pelvic floor muscle training so we are going to yeah just let you know what we think and what we see with our clients as well so first up anita do you want to just tell the people what even are kegels Yeah. So kind of that traditional sense of 
Kegels is engaging and relaxing the pelvic floor. So that whole pelvic floor um, muscle group, which goes, if you're not familiar with the pelvic floor, it goes from your pubic bone to your tailbone. So front to back and then side to side from sit bone to sit bone. So if you're sitting, you can feel under each sits bone or under each bum cheek, you'll feel a bone that's your sits bone. And so it goes from left to right with that. So there's really a diamond shape of muscles that is our pelvic floor. And so a lot of times when you hear Kegels, you're going to hear stopping pee, which again, isn't necessarily a bad cue, It, but it just doesn't always get the entire pelvic floor that we want. And also visually just hearing that makes you picture that they're just little tiny muscles around the urethra. So where pee comes out of. And so it's good to get an idea. It's that whole diamond shape. There's a front and back. Um, and also with Kegels too, technically they're a contraction and a relaxation. But again, usually when they're taught, most are only told to squeeze and hold and hold and hold these muscles. And there's nothing about relaxation. Um, so that's why Jess and I always like to kind of go a little bit more in depth um, because contracting and relaxing is good for our pelvic floor, but how Kegels kind of have traditionally been taught or sometimes are still taught may not be the most helpful. Yeah. So I think this is what we see again on social media. If you're following maybe pelvic floor physiotherapists or pre postnatal fitness trainers, you might see that there's just been a lot of chatter probably over the last couple of years, I would say that Kegels are not what you should be doing in order to help yourself a better pelvic floor function or to reduce pelvic floor symptoms. Maybe you've heard things like squats are the only exercise you need to do for your pelvic floor or full body strength training workouts are what you need to do to improve your pelvic floor health. And again, we just don't really look at things like that. We have seen these swings. We have probably thought differently in the past, honestly, but when we're recording this in the year 2023, we're of the idea that Kegels are not bad. They're not inherently bad for anyone. Maybe they're not the most appropriate or effective exercise for someone based on their presentation right now at this time, but maybe for other people, they are going to be super helpful to them. So saying Kegels are bad or that you, no one should be doing Kegels in order to improve their pelvic floor health is just a really simplistic way of looking at not only the pelvic floor, but also pelvic floor muscle training. Yeah, exactly. There's just... There's so much more to it. And I think that's the hard part with social media is because you have such a short period of time to explain something, get a point across. And I think, you know, what you talked about, the pendulum swinging and so many topics around public and core health. And this is this is one of them. And the reality is, right, that there is evidence, there is clinical research studies to support mm -hmm. that public floor muscle training like Kegels Mm -hmm. are supportive for improving pelvic floor symptoms. Mm -hmm. They there there is. And that's where I think things get lost is because when you look at those again it's more about contracting and relaxing and a lot of them to um it's knowing that it is the pelvic floor doing it because that's the other side of it is people are you know they're like I've done kegels and they don't work or I'm not feeling the muscles and that's kind of part of the issue is that 
because they're just verbally very generally taught that someone may not actually be finding their pelvic floor, which makes sense, then it's not actually going to be that effective. So that's the other side to it. We tend to compensate with our glutes or our bum muscles, our inner thighs. Those I'd say would be the top two. And then sometimes when someone is thinking of engaging their pelvic floor during a Kegel, they're basically just squeezing their abdomen and nothing's actually happening with the pelvic floor. So it's just something for people to keep in mind. That's also the other issue is someone may not actually be using their pelvic floor. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just points to the idea that ultimately it is, I think a really good skill for people to have, to be able to find the pelvic floor and understand how to build tension and how to release tension, which is a Kegel. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Right. That's, that is what it is. Yeah. Okay. So then again, finding that nuance though, and you kind of talked about it, but when could Kegels potentially be harmful or just not helping someone with their pelvic floor health? Yeah, they might not be effective if someone tends to, we call it like hold tension in their pelvic floor, which can be there for so many reasons, including stress or previous stressful events. So that idea that someone might be holding tension, so almost constantly holding or engaging their pelvic floor. And so they need to focus more on the relaxation component. So then they can actually better access and engage their pelvic floor and then release again and engage and release. So if someone initially holds tension there, focusing on their deep breathing may be more helpful or just the cue on how to relax their pelvic floor with their breath, that probably will be more effective initially before diving into engaging their pelvic floor and relaxing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this many times before, but what we're looking for with a pelvic floor that, you know, functions optimally is a pelvic floor that is mobile and flexible. Just as we think about this with really any muscular structure in the body, if you think about your hamstring muscle behind the leg, we want it to be strong, but we also want it to be mobile, have mobility, have flexibility as well too. So you you can apply that same principle to the pelvic floor. The issue that does come up when we're thinking about training or coaching pregnant or postpartum clients in exercise, for example, is that we really want to think about how the exercises we are prescribing in their program or plan are also translating to the other types of exercise or movement that they like to do and also daily life tasks. And if you're working with parents, especially early postpartum people, how this might translate to those tasks with parenting that they might be doing. So this is why Kegels can be effective and that we want to teach people how to connect to their pelvic floor, build and release tension. But then also we probably need to move on pretty quickly. And I know the pelvic floor physiotherapist that I work with alongside with just in coaching my clients, the best ones always tend to have this point of view too, that Yes, we're teaching pelvic floor muscle training and let's move on pretty quickly to other higher level exercises and integrate the pelvic floor into lots of other types of movement. Mm -hmm, Exactly. It's one of those where just doing pelvic floor muscle training, like lying on your back or just stationary and then never translating it into movement won't necessarily get you the results you want, especially if, for example, if you're leaking pee while you're running 
that doesn't necessarily translate. We do need to often start stationary, let's say in standing against gravity, getting that idea of how to engage and relax um, and bringing your breath into it. But just doing that won't necessarily stop you from leaking when you're running. It's part of that foundation, but like Jess said, there's so many more steps. And then how to actually, when, when you run, you're not gonna think of your pelvic floor at that point, we want it to be automated. And there's other strategies during running will help you not leak pee. Yeah. So because we want the pelvic floor to be able to be strong, be mobile, flexible, have endurance, also respond quickly, then this works perfectly in designing a training plan for someone where we're going to think about how can pelvic floor training be whole body training. So if we are working on different breathing strategies, loading the body in different ways, squatting, hinging, rotating, anti-rotation, impact, etc. We're bringing the pelvic floor into all of that type of movement. But that is something that we build upon, progress upon, layer upon as we go with folks. And for some people, we're there. We're starting there already. Maybe they just need a few different cues to be able to integrate the pelvic floor more effectively. But I think it's just important to know that pelvic floor muscle training can look like lying on your back and it also can look like doing box jumps. All of it can fit. Everything in between can fit. Exactly. Okay. So in sum, no, we do not think Kegels are bad. We think there's a lot of context and nuance to be had by this. We feel similarly with squats as a great pelvic floor exercise as we do Kegels can be a great pelvic floor exercise. It's just really about looking at the person and their baseline and what they need to be taught right now, depending on their circumstances. But ultimately the pelvic floor muscle training can look a lot of different ways and not one is better or worse than the other. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 